Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day you're watching this broadcast. This is Dr. Eric Tangumonkem with IEM Approach, where we inspire, equip, and motivate people to discover God's great potential in them, develop that potential, and deploy it. There is great potential in you. Don't lose hope. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. God who created you, loves you, and is in total control. You may not feel like it. Things may not be the way you expected. I don't want you to lose hope. In 2009, I had just graduated work uh, school in 2008, and I had my first job. Everything was going well, and the economy tanked, and companies started laying off people. The company I was working for at that time laid off 15,000 people. I was one of those people. I got up one morning, showed up at work, and I was told, there's no work, we're losing money, and sorry, we're gonna to have to let you go. What made my situation very, very difficult is the fact that I was working on an H-1B visa. My wife just had, we just had our fourth, fourth child. My mother-in-law was visiting us and we're in a city where we had just moved about six months prior to being laid off. Had no friends, and I was still trying to put down roots. And I had to deal with the loss of income, loss of job, and not having legal papers. I say this to encourage you. I did not only survive, I thrived. God never fails. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. I just want to encourage you to know God has your back. You can trust him. You can keep hoping in him. He's going to make a way for you where there seems to be none. We've been talking about racism. And I'm not talking about it because I have some scars to settle. I'm bringing a message of hope that racism can be banished forever. In fact, racism has been banished. You just need to step up in the victory that has already been won for you. There are three things I would like you to do for me. If you're watching, if you're listening, share this broadcast. Invite other people to join us. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to listen to me, uh, listen to the podcast. And uh, this is my book, out of which I've been speaking. We are in the last chapter, chapter seven. We're going to wrap it up today. The book is 
Racism, where Israel sting, a provocative look at the beginning and the end of racism. Get a copy and get a copy for somebody else. Let's move into what I have for us today. This is our last broadcast on the subject of racism. Not that we are going to stop talking about it, but officially I'm wrapping up the book today. The topic is going to be the banishment of racism now and forever, instructions for eternal life, instructions for eternal life. While it's crucial for us to have a great life here on earth, I don't want you to lose sight of the bigger picture. Life does not end when you die. There is an afterlife. And I'm going to use this opportunity to tell you about the afterlife. And now, talking about the art of, uh, afterlife is not in any way saying that we shouldn't focus on what is going on right now. But it is a motivation for you to make the most of your time on earth, because what you do here is going to impact your out afterlife. You know, while there are many arguments about which route leads to God and which God is true, I am not going to dwell on these issues. The reason being that there is not enough room for us to do a comparative study of world religions. It is important to note that while popular culture classifies Christianity as a religion and tries to compare Christianity with other religions. The truth is this, true Christianity is not a religion. In, in all other religions, people are trying to do something to reach out to a deity. They are trying to do something to please God. They are trying to pray a certain number of times per day, give alms, live in a certain way to please God. In other words, mankind is reaching out to God to save them. They take the initiative. They are making the move towards God. Which implies that religion is mankind trying their best to reach God and please him. I want you to get that distinction very well because Christianity is the exact opposite. God is the person who is reaching out to mankind and doing all to redeem us. It's completely diametrically opposite from other religions. So in religion, mankind is doing all within their power to reach out to God, to please God. In Christianity, God is a redeemer. He is a seeker. He's the one that takes the initiative and is moving towards us. That is the greatest news ever. 
to enjoy the redeem the redemption that God is offering, you must follow instructions. Now, following instructions is not the same as doing something to earn God's forgiveness or God's salvation, which, as we're going to see, is a free gift. You don't need to do anything to merit it. If you do not yet have a relationship with God, I'm going to give you the opportunity today, right now, to take care of that. If you have not been connected to God, if you are not sure of what is going to happen to you, if you were to die today, if you don't have the the, 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 the uh, uh, confirmation of the Holy Spirit in your spirit that you are a child of God, that you are saved, that you are born again, that your sins have been forgiven, that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm going to give the opportunity today to take care of that. There's nothing more important than your soul. No matter what you amass here, sooner or later, you have to part with it. I want you to be ready for the next life. This is one of the most important decisions you will ever make. And you should not take it lightly. I do not want you to allow the failures of other believers or other Christians that you might have interacted with to prevent you from getting into a personal relationship with your Heavenly Father. He's been waiting for you to come home and reunite with Him. Jesus said, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, and he went on to say, by their fruits, you shall know them. Don't allow the behavior, the failures of other people who claim the name of God, who claim the name of Christ, yet act contrary to what is expected of them. The manifest works of darkness. We are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. He goes on to say that, let our light so shine before men that we we'll see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. Maybe you've come across people who carry a big Bible around, talk about God, yet their lives don't reflect it. And that has discouraged you from following God. Don't let them stop you from having a personal encounter with God yourself and checking it out. Here is your opportunity to come home to the fullness of abundant life. All that you need and desire is in God. There is a God void in all of us that only God can fill. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've de you desired to get married to a certain woman. You got married and after couple of years, a few months, you realize that, oh, that, that hole is still there. You still, you're still longing for something that will make you feel complete and whole. Or you wanted that promotion at work, it came. Or you wanted a, a business to earn a certain amount of money in a year. You, you've hit all your goals. You've been very prosperous, very successful. 
yet you still feel empty. You feel dissatisfied. If try to uh, fill yourself up with some of you have done recreational drugs, some uh, some uh, drinking, some uh, sleeping with men, sleeping with women, having sex. You've tried everything under the sun, everything money can buy. Yet, when you hit the bed in the night, when you lay down, put your head on your pillow, you realize that there's, there's, there's more. You, you're not satisfied. You, you don't feel a sense of wholeness and completeness. If this resonates with you, God wants to fill that gap that you have in your heart right now because nothing is going to do it. Winning the Nobel Peace Prize or the Nobel Prize in math or chemistry, or physics, you name it, it's not going to feel it. Winning the World Series is not going to feel it. Being named the Entrepreneur of the Year or the CEO of the Year or the Worker of the Year, it's not going to do it. You're still going to. It's like drinking sea water, ocean water that has salt. That test is not going to be quenched until you allow God to quench it because that space in your heart, God created it so that he can occupy it. All that you need and desire is in God. You will never be forsaken or abandoned by him. Now let me start by asking you this. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Do you talk to him regularly? Do we hear from him? I mean, some of us may have a hard time tracking what I'm saying. God is alive. He speaks to people. I'm having this conversation with you because God speaks. I heard him clearly. 2001, sitting in a meeting in Cameroon. It was a meeting organized by the Geologic Society of Africa. I was not in church. I was at a geologic meeting listening to the keynote speaker. And somewhere in his, in the, during that speech, I heard the Holy Spirit clearly. Eric, going to America. I was like, me, go to America. I don't have the money. I don't have the connection. How's this going to happen? I went home and told my wife, this is the direction that I'm being led. We need to pray our way to the United States. And as they say, the, the rest is history. If you're really interested in learning more, you can get my book, Coming to America, let me see, I have a book here. You can get the book here. Coming to America, A Journey of Faith. I lay it there clearly for you. How God speaks, how he leads, we follow, and he fulfills that which he has promised. So I've asked you the question, do you hear from God? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Now, this question is being asked because although all roads lead to Rome, although all roads lead to Rome, not all roads lead to the God of the Bible. Well, some of us are of, of the opinion that all the gods are the same. They shouldn't be. Why? Why should they be the same? Why? It's not necessary. There is the God of the Bible. And that's the God I'm talking about. If you want to come to that God, if you want to know him, there is a condition. I've said all roads. <clears throat> I 
All roads don't lead to Rome. All roads lead to Rome, not all roads lead to the God of the Bible. Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, made some exclusive claims when he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Some people find this statement uh, insultive, define it discriminative, define it restrictive. Why? <laughs> you shouldn't. So there is the God of the Bible, Yahweh, God, revealed in Scripture. When it comes to that God, not the other gods, the God revealed in Scripture, if you want to come to Him, if you want to know Him, if you want to have a relationship with Him, this is what you have to do. Jesus says, I'm the way. No one can come to my Father except through me. So do you want to know the God of the Bible? Then Jesus is the way to him. This is a bold claim. And Jesus died standing for this. He did not only say it, he died for it. He was crucified by the religious leaders of his day because of what he preached, believed, and acted upon. He's simply saying that if you want a relationship with the God of the Bible, who is also the creator of heaven and earth, as revealed in scripture, you must pass through him. If you are not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, here is an opportunity for you to do so. I suggest this because it is going to get you connected to the source of all things. It's going to get you connected to the creator of the cosmos, the creator of the heavens and the earth, and everything that is. You will become spiritually alive and will live forever in the presence of God. Now, the first and most important thing to understand in order to become a child of God, in order to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, is this, that all have sinned. All have sinned. It includes me. And it includes you. All of us have sinned. We've all missed the mark. In other words, we cannot meet God's perfect standard, no matter how hard we try. Have you tried on your own to be good and realized that many times you did not measure up? Do you struggle with a void in your heart that nothing has been able to fill, no matter how hard you've tried? Are you comparing yourself to others and feeling that you are good because you are better than other people? You are using man's standard. God's standard is a perfect standard. None of us can measure. If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to understand that all of us have sinned, not ju just as the following scriptures clearly spelled out. Romans 3.23 says what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark. We've all sinned. That is the first thing you need to understand, that we've all sinned. 
Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, For there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. None. Isaiah 46, 64.6 says that word. We are all as unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have, been, have taken us away. Even our good works are filthy rags before a holy and righteous God. Romans 3.10 says that word, and as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Are you righteous in your own eyes? Do you think you are good enough? Because you compare yourself to other people? None of us is good enough. None of us is righteous enough. We are all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you think you are good enough, listen to what James says in James chapter 2, verse 10. He says, For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Some of you may brag, Oh, I keep the Ten Commandments. Remember the, the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and asked, Good master. What shall I do to inherit or to have eternal life? And Jesus told him, you know, you know the commandments. He said, I've kept all of them. I've not committed adultery. I've not coveted. I've not killed anybody. I've kept the Sabbath. I've not used it in the name of the Lord in vain. And then Jesus told him, go and sell everything you are having. Give to the poor and come and follow me. We are told the man left dejected. He was not happy with the condition that Jesus gave to him. We have all sinned and need God's forgiveness. This is the place to start. If you are too good in your own eyes, then God's salvation is going to be useless to you. But you need to humble yourself, face yourself, admit to the fact that the good you want to do, you don't always do the good. Admit your pride, admit anger, admit bitterness, admit your lust, admit your lies. For those who still admit it, ask God to forgive you. When you acknowledge this, then you'll be able to receive God's free forgiveness and salvation. If you don't recognize that you need God, if you don't recognize that you're a sinner, then salvation is useless to you. So, the third crucial thing to understand, or the second crucial thing to understand, is the devastating consequences of sin. We've said all have sinned. And we, we are so we we are we, we are talking about sin because sin separates us from God. We die spiritually, and we start acting and producing 
a fruit that causes harm to other people. And racism, as I've pointed out time and time again, is a manifestation of sin. Because you may be wondering, the book is on racism, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because if we don't recognize that the heart of man is desperately wicked, our hearts, my heart, without regeneration, re, re, uh, 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 our hearts, without God changing us, we don't have the capacity to do what is right. That is where when you travel the world, no matter where you go, people are killing each other. They're stealing from each other. They're hating each other. They're committing adultery and fornication. You name it. They're lying to each other. Taking advantage of each other is a manifestation of the wickedness in the hearts of people. When you trace it, you trace it, it's the sin nature that we have. And it's time to accept God's forgiveness, to confess our sins, and let God change us from the inside out. When we do that, we'll be able to live a life that will glorify God. The consequences of sin, you just need to turn on the TV, open the newspaper, surf the internet to see the consequences of sin, the wickedness that in the heart of people that has been made manifest, the greed, the selfishness. You may be wondering why sin is such a bad thing and why I'm making such a big deal about it. Everybody, including you, should be concerned about the consequences of sin. It is written in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. It hasn't changed. You sin, you die. You sin, you die. It doesn't respect your age. It doesn't respect your position. It doesn't respect who you are. You sin, you die. But the good news is that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen to that. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, that's Adam and Eve, and through and death through sin, so death spread to all mankind and all sin. Adam sinned, we sinned through him. We are his seed. Sin is deadly. Now listen to what sin is going to do if we don't repent of it. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You die physically, and you're going to die eternally, by being thrown into the lake of fire. I know some people say hell doesn't exist. Whether you believe it or not, it's not going to change it. This death 
The death that sin brings is both physical and spiritual. Sin can cause us to die in this life. And if we die in sin, we'll be separated from God forever. That's a double whammy. You do not want this to happen to you and your children. You want to be able to live forever in the presence of God. This is why it is crucial to think about the wages of sin. The next crucial step to take is to ask God for to forgive our sins. First we, first, we acknowledge that we've sinned. Secondly, we look at the wage of sin, which is death. And thirdly, we ask for forgiveness. The gospel, the good news of the gospel is that God has already made provision for that. That is provision for the forgiveness of our sins and is ready and willing to forgive us all our sins. Now, God has already made the move. God has made the first move. This is exciting. As I said, he's the person that is reaching out to us. He's the one who's redeeming us. He's the one who loves us. And that's why John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All what you need is to believe in what Christ did for you on the cross. Accept God's love. He loves us immensely. He loves us so much that he offered his son to die for us. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever liveth, whosoever liveth and believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? Jesus was talking to Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus died. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Jesus died and rose again, and those who believe in him will live forever. Stop looking for the fountain of you. Eternal life is already available for you to take through Jesus Christ. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus and thou shalt be saved and thy house. So, how do you go about getting salvation? Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Say Jesus is Lord. And believe that God raised him from the dead. To do that, you need to understand why Jesus died. He died because of your sin. He's alive. If you do that, if you confess Christ, if you believe and you confess him, you'll be saved. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him, that begeth love, loveth him also that is begotten of him. 
Now that you've confessed and asked Jesus to forgive your sins, your sins have been forgiven. And will be remembered no more. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what sin you've committed. The blood of Jesus is thick enough to cover, to cleanse you from every sin. All what you need is to cry out to God, Lord, have mercy, forgive me my sins. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will become yours. You don't need to do anything. And that the final thing you need to do to invite Jesus to come into your heart. Now is your opportunity to surrender your life to Christ. Jesus will never force himself on anyone. According to the following scripture, he's outside knocking and waiting for you to invite him to come in. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, I want you to do that today. I'm not trying to belabor the point. The most important thing you ever do in your life is coming face to face with your mortality. I told you in the book of Hebrews, it is written, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. Sooner or later, we are all going to check out. In fact, after every 100 years, you know, there's almost 100% recite, 100% um, people who have been born within that century. Most of them are, are, are die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Are you ready? Do you have the assurance? Well, if you believe in eternity or not, it doesn't change the fact that we are more than flesh and blood. It's not based on your belief. You, you can suddenly believe in gravity. That's not going to change the fact that gravity is there. If you jump off a uh, roof, tall building, without a parachute, you're going to feel the effects of gravity. Don't die without Christ. I mean, some say, oh, when I go, I will deal with it. How are you going to deal with it? There's no repentance in the grave. Now is the time of salvation. Today, if you hear God's word, don't harden your heart. Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If a man hear my voice, and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and him with me. Jesus is knocking right now. He, he wants you to open the door. You open it by asking him to come into your life and change you. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Wow. Becoming a child of God. What a privilege. What an opportunity to become a child of God, to become a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Remember, we talked about identity. We talked about identity. If you don't know your identity, you are lost. If you don't know your identity, you don't have a sense of direction. And that is why it's very important. You are a child of God when you give your life to Christ. When Christ forgives you, you become a child of God. You become that is very important because that doesn't change. No matter if your identity is in your job, it's going to change, and that is why some people when they get fired or they lose their job, they have a hard time handling it, and some even take away their lives because of that. And because you are sons, God has sent for the spirit of 
his son into our, your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, right? We become God's children. That is amazing. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Jesus wants to dwell in us. Your body is a temple of God, and the Spirit of God wants to live in you. Jesus Christ is waiting for you to invite him to come in. And you can do that by praying and asking him to do this. To do so, for God to come into your life. You may use your own words. It's simple. It's not complicated. I'm going to read this prayer to you. You can use it, but you don't have to. Or what you need to say, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I just have tried on my own. I try to be good, but, you know, I blow it up. I, I really not am. When I, when I am in, in secret, in private, I, really, I know. I know the guilt that I'm carrying. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, forgive me. I want Jesus to take over. I want him to be Lord of my life. I want his life to become my life. I want his righteousness. Jesus has, he said it is finished on the cross. He's lived the perfect life. He just wants you to hand over that life to you so that God can see you in the light of what Christ has done. Some have demonstrated it like this. You run, you, 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 you run a traffic light and you go in front of the judge and the judge wants you to pay a fine. That's what, um, $200 or 250 whatever the, the, the price is. And somebody shows up and says, oh, hey, judge, uh, that's my son. I'm going, to, I'm going to take over. I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay the price for, for him breaking the, uh, the, uh, uh, breaking the law. And you pay and you leave. was caught free. That is what Jesus did. He has paid the ransom. Or oh, the other illustration is, You've been held captive by some, you were kidnapped by, uh, by a gang, and they were demanding that, oh, they need to pay a million dollars for you to be free, or else within the next uh, two weeks or so, they will chop off your head or something like that. And then somebody shows up, pays a ransom, and you become free. That's what Jesus has done. The devil has been holding us captive in sin. Jesus paid the ransom. It's paid the price for you. It's the greatest news ever. And I'm excited that I'm sharing this news with you. It's going to change your life. So if, if you're ready, you can say this prayer with me right now. If you're watching, if you're listening, say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and there's nothing that I can do to save myself. I confess my complete helplessness to forgive my own sin or to walk my way to heaven. At this moment, I trust Christ alone as the one who bore my sin when he died on the cross. I believe that he did all that would ever be necessary for me to stand in your holy presence. I thank you that Christ was raised from the dead as a guarantee of my own resurrection as best as I can. And I transfer my trust to him. I'm grateful that he has promised to receive me despite my many sins and failures. Father, I take you at your word. Thank you that I can face death now, that you are my savior. Thank you for the assurance that you will walk 
with me through the deep valley. Thank you for hearing this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you just said this prayer, I'm super excited for you. I want to use this opportunity to welcome you into the kingdom of God and God's family. This is one of the most important decisions you ever make because it has eternal consequences. You are now a newborn baby in Christ and need spiritual nourishment to grow in your faith. If you need more information on what to do next, send me an email. The email that I have here is eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. Let me say that again. eternalkingdom101 at gmail.com. I surrender my life to Christ when I was 12 years old, I attended a meeting and the person who preached made me to understand that I was separated from my heavenly father. Sin has separated me from God. I repented of my sins. I confessed them, asked God to forgive me, invited Jesus to come into my life my life changed forever. Everything I am, everything I've done, everything I will ever be has been influenced, influenced tremendously by this understanding that I'm a child of God. God is with me always. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. My identity is in Christ, not in my, not in my skin color, not in my job title, not in my degrees, academic achievement, businesses, you name it. My identity is in Christ. I'm a child of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. With that comes everything else. I want to encourage you, if you pray that prayer, if you want to learn how to walk with Christ and grow in your faith, reach out to me. We have resources. We're going to help you grow, get to know God, hear from him walk with him and he's going to take you places thank you so much for listening in case you are wondering what has this got to do with banishing racism throughout eternity i've said racism is a manifestation of sin the cure of sin is jesus christ he died to cure the sin that is in us for us to walk in love because when you walk in love You'll be able to love everybody. Where there's racism, where there's discrimination, where there's hate, great selfishness is because of the absence of love. God is love. You need to be reconciled with God to be able to love. You need the agape love, which is only God that can give us that ability to love like that. Share this message to other people. I would like to get your comments. And if you surrender your life to Christ today, I would very much like to hear it. Stop trying to fill the gap, the God gap in your heart with booze, with sex, with drugs, with promotions. It's not going to work. God bless you. Stay tuned for more updates. We'll be starting a new series tomorrow.